0: Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat, so you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos, or even things that
1: don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Hey, Craig.
0: Podcasting, gonna talk about some recruits and bitch about Ernie. <laughs> podcasting there's not much to talk about but hey whatever yeah man um yeah um, that one's inspired by um, watching the end of last dance yeah uh this uh this weekend yeah don't spoil
1: uh, it for me i haven't watched all of it yet
0: uh the bulls win oh god damn you craig so suck it son of a bitch. well no reason to watch it now ah!
1: no i've actually just had more fun Uh, more than watching it, I've had more fun reading about everyone complaining about it. So yeah. About how Jordan is, you know, Oh, Jordan created this thing to like, you know, boost his own, you know, legacy. And well, of course he did. Like, why else would he agree to do it? Like, come on. He's so petty. He'd never agree to something that he couldn't have his hands all over. Come on. Come on. But you can also you can also say that and also acknowledge that it's pretty cool. I've watched about uh, six. I think I watched six. I think I've watched six of them. So um, and it's cool. Like it's fine. Like it's fun to go back and remember what that era was like. And you know, Sonics are in there. And you know, God oh, rest that of
0: part's not as fun.
1: No, but still, it's still uh, it's still the Sonics.
0: When he laughs at Peyton, I'm like, f you, man. Yeah, that's Peyton, true. Peyton shut you down. Gary Payton <laughs>
1: fucked his shit up. Nobody can tell me otherwise. Yeah, I'm also forever convinced that if Nate McMillan plays that whole series, we win.
0: Hey, so. this, yeah, I mean, put Payton on Jordan yeah. from game one, not, yeah. not in game four when you're desperate and down 3-0. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Definitely this is that. podcast versus everyone, not yeah. Sonic's talk. I'm Craig what? Powers. <laughs> what?
1: Last, you know, I'll bet our I'll bet our listeners appreciate that more than uh, Dortmund talk, though.
0: Oh yeah, um, <laughs> but with me is uh, number one. <laughs> number one Borussia Dortmund fan. Yeah, Jeff lifelong, lifelong, life, my my entire long. life. Dude, I have been our, a fan our, my whole our life. Our boys, our boys dominated. Fucking yes, they did Schalke. I know. On Saturday, if people are the not morning. on
1: this Dortmund bandwagon, man, psh, you better get on it. 4 J- nothing win. Jaden Let's Sancho
0: go. for another couple months. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we got these awesome 19-year-olds for like maybe a year or two. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Dude. Also, as a recommendation, we basically did this as a group of Coug Center writers. Yeah. Sorry, my dogs are barking. But we did this as a group of Coug Center writers and... It's been way more fun that way. We, we had six of us live like watching the game on Saturday morning and drinking beers on a Zoom at like 7 o'clock in the morning. It was, it was great. It was
1: spectacular. Like, that was
0: super fun. We had PJ all the way from Germany. He's like right there in the middle of the action. Yeah. He had to pay more for a, a jersey than we did. Was <laughs> that crazy. was
1: hilarious. He's like, I drive down the street, paid, what did he say, 70 euro? Right? Eighty-five euro. Eighty-five euro for like his, and I'm like, $100. I'm like, bro, I got mine for like twenty-three dollars on Amazon. Sorry, PJ.
0: Oh, oh, wow the the exchange rate is pretty close right now. <laughs> Eighty-eighty-five euro is ninety-three dollars.
1: Ooh, wow. that's not
0: too bad. Yeah, well, it's time to go to Europe.
1: Yeah, yeah, let's go. Hop on an airplane.
0: Let's go. Yeah. Would
1: <laughs> are they even letting us in at this point?
0: Oh, probably not. I I think Canada. I know Canada will turn you away. (laughs) Canada will be
1: like, sorry, you can't come in.
0: There's a guy in one of my, uh, the the floodland. Hello? Yeah. Oh, there's an autoplay video on a two, four, seven article I had up about a recruit. We're going to talk about later. (laughs) Fuck your autoplay videos. Two, four, seven. Get that shit out of here. There's a
1: special place in hell for autoplay videos.
0: Seriously. I like, I'm sorry, that screwed me up, but uh all of a sudden I heard this video in my in my ear. You probably didn't hear it at all because it was just I did in not. my headphones. So. I did
1: not. You were like, Hello? And I'm like, I'm
0: right here. Yeah. We're leaving this all in. All right. So Yeah. Um yeah, uh I what are we even talking about? Damn it. We
1: we're talking about how Canada was like, Fuck you, Americans." Oh yeah, you can't I, come in.
0: There's a guy in my uh in my the Oakworks uh floodland bottle group, which is like um how how I get all my Floodland beer and uh you have to come pick up the beer at the brewery and he can't even come down and get it yeah um so luckily the, the the brewery is holding the beer for him but um but yeah so it's uh it's it's wild but uh yeah so we probably couldn't go see our uh well we couldn't watch our uh, Borussia Dortmund anyway uh that was pretty weird we could talk about that um this is general sports thing that was pretty weird um a, a completely empty stadium we saw some like uh quote unquote empty stadiums um for the uh the college basketball tournaments but there was quite a few fans and and other people there or like were um like family and friends and stuff to the point where there you still saw people in the stands but like this was completely empty 80,000 yeah. 80, seat stadium yeah completely empty it was nuts
1: utterly the sound was utterly bizarre. That's going to be the, so like if other, if any of the U S sports follow suit and do the, you know, the empty stadium thing, I, you know, it's the weirdest thing is definitely um, just like, you know, when they kick the soccer ball, it's just like, boom, boom, boom. And then you can hear uh, all the trash talk and um, you know, for example, you know, Brucey Dortmund's uh, star new striker, uh, Erland Holland, was told to uh, go do something uh, uncouth with his grandmother during that yeah. match, <laughs> for the entire world to hear. Um, so that's uh, that's definitely an interesting aspect of this. It's it's weird, you know. Like, well, you know, the crowd definitely brings. I don't know. Like, I never really thought of sports, um, in the context of of how. Imp- how important or how meaningful the crowd is to the whole experience at least i, I never like overtly thought about it
0: if on, that like, makes on sense on television or on... yeah
1: like like yeah on television you know like like how that is such a a part of the ambience i mean even if it's like a mariners game when they are 500 games out of first place and it's you know september and there's you know two thousand people in the place there's still a little bit of you know ambient sound there's you know there are at least some people sitting there you know if something interesting happens people cheer you know that kind of stuff um to have a a a sporting event completely devoid of that um is utterly bizarre it is it's it is like one of the strangest things i think i've ever actually like ever actually watched and when we did the zoom for the match together i didn't really like kind of notice it all that much because we were busy you know talking to each other i kind of had the volume mostly down yeah um but then the next day i watched the uh what was it uh union berlin uh Bayern match and that one i just kind of watched and that was like holy cow like it was i turned the volume up and i'm watching i'm like this is just the strangest strangest thing um so well, and then yeah. you could
0: it, it was also like the um the, the commentators aren't there. And, that, and then they are also, I think, in different places. Uh, I don't think they're in the same place. Um, so that was pretty weird. Um, there was definitely low energy from the commentators. And, and I felt like the game uh, started pretty slow, sluggish. Which you could, they've had a long layoff, so that's one part. But another part, like, they just, um, Dortmund is, is known for having one of the, you know, wildest sports atmospheres on the planet. And, and they, they just have nothing like that, that giant grandstand like with nobody in it. Like it's, it's wild, like, um, and so I, you know, it makes you wonder like when an American sports comes back and, and if, you know, will will we have people in the stands in Martin stadium come the fall and, uh. It, it, how that would feel and how that would look on TV when you don't have the students jumping and screaming and as yeah. the kind of ambient noise, you know,
1: it was uh, easily observable during the match how weird it was for the players oh, to yeah. not have fans and to not have any of that you know, behind them. Um, you know, and like you, like you mentioned with Dortmund, the the stadium's crazy. I mean, the team matches that, right? I mean, they play this frenetic style. Um, typically, you know, like they, they press, they, they run, they run, they run. And it was just like, I don't know. It was just like very reserved. Um, and some of that probably, like you mentioned, had to do with the layoff, but some of that I'm sure just had to do with the lack of um, any sort of secondary energy coming from the crowd. And, and I'm curious how that, I, I don't know. Like, I'm curious how long, um, like like how like how much tolerance there is for that, if that makes sense. Like, um, you know, with the Bundesliga, they're just trying to finish their season. Like, like they've got yeah. whatever eight match days left now. They're trying. You know, they were already, you know, two thirds of the way through their season. They're really just trying to get to the end. Um, you know, so for all these other leagues that haven't started, you know, for over here, you know, baseball. Uh, you know, when we think about football in the fall um, and then, you know, MLS, you know, we're both Sounders fans. They had just started. So I think they kind of fall into the same category. Um, I just I don't know how much appetite there's going to be for uh, an extended run or, or even a mostly season of, of this kind of stuff. I, 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 yeah, I just don't know, you know, fans. It, it's becoming really obvious just watching those matches, how important fans are to just the whole thing. And I guess I never really kind of thought of it that way, um, but it's it's super obvious just how how integral that is to, to just the whole experience, the presentation, the players. Um, without fans, it's really not a sporting event. It, it's I, I don't know of a better way to describe it.
0: Yeah, it's funny they still went over and uh, applauded the uh, vacant supporters section. Yeah. They went over the the yellow wall and And they, they did the, uh, (laughs) you know, the, the arms raised. Hey, Hey, I don't know if there's a name for it. Hey, 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 Hey thing, which all like most teams do. Um, but they did it, you know, spread out, not holding hands. (laughs) uh, It was, it was pretty, pretty surreal event. Um, uh yeah. that we'll definitely talk about for a long time.
1: I mean, can you imagine so given what you saw over the weekend, can you imagine college football coming back in that fashion?
0: It it, it would be very strange. Uh college football much like uh, uh soccer especially yeah, European Yeah. It's probably soccer, a pretty good analog, it's right? It's very um yeah, it's cuz it, it's 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 very much about community and 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 a, a, like that sort of like deep deep connection to a team. Um and 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 it and just about passion, like passion fan you can you can kind of equate, like I know you and I love the Sounders matches because they kind of have that college atmosphere. They do because you have those giant supporters sections and, and and Dortmund's got one of the biggest like ones. Like I talked about that Grandstand, it's just like enormous, and and uh, um it's known as one of the loudest and most raucous, and and it's basically like a student section at a college football or college basketball game, and and so yeah, there's it'd be very strange. Um, to I mean I know we've watched W S U play on uh, on you know Thanksgiving break <laughs> and there's been only but even then there's still like a couple thousand yeah. students in there you know like yeah. so it's so it's it's uh, even like even when W S U plays in Beasley on Christmas break there's still like a thousand people in there yeah. five hundred people in there and those just like you said the five hundred people make such a difference
1: even some is a massive difference from none.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. It was so different from when the college basketball tournaments were doing, you know, just the friends and family versus what Bundesliga is doing is, like, no one.
1: Nobody, And,
0: like, even the, you know, and the other thing was, like, the players on the sideline are six feet apart. You know, they're, they're like, spread out. Everyone's wearing masks. Like, um, you know, the celebrations for goals were very muted, Um, they, they didn't like jump into each other's arms and things like that. Like they would have in this, like, what was a rivalry match, you know, like, um, there was definitely just a lot of the energy because, you know, uh, part of those celebrations are fueled by the, you know, the roar that you're hearing from the crowd, the energy that you're getting from the crowd. And otherwise, like, that'd be like playing a pickup game and like, you know, like you hit a three and you like you know, like play to no one or something, you know, like, uh, like people aren't holding up their threes and like, and like putting their hands up, running down the floor if there's no one to like play for. So, um, that will be definitely different. I, and there's, there's definitely certain players that feed off that more than others, especially in college football. Like there's, there's certain, like, I, if you think of like uh, going back a couple of years, so like, um, Marcellus Pippins. Like, he loved playing. He very clearly loved playing in front of a crowd. You know, he was dancing in between downs and, like, just, like, putting on a show for everyone. Yeah. Um, like, there's other guys that just put their head down and they're going to play regardless. Like, it right. doesn't matter to them. But, like, then there's other guys that just, you know, love the, the atmosphere. And so that's, you know, that's going to be different from them. And you, there's a very real possibility that it changes their level of play because they don't have that energy.
1: Yeah, it's and they're young men, you know. They they are more influenced by emotion than a professional athlete is to begin with, you know. And so then you're talking about it's. You're not just talking about no crowd. You're also talking like no band, right? <laughs> you know, right? Uh, all of the sort of quote unquote pageantry that um, exists within college football, the stuff that we love, right. We were, you know, we were joking on Slack today because some, you know, Seahawk fan out there was saying that college football is dumb and overrated and objectively bad and inferior to professional football. And we were like, you know, kind of talking about that, but in some of what came up was basically like, well, on a, on a football level, sure. But people who love college football love it for all sorts of reasons that don't necessarily have to do with the quality of play. And all of a sudden, if you had an empty stadium, I think you're kind of you're kind of doing that for the most part. I mean, obviously, you and I and, and other you know alumni have ha- still have the connection. But, you know, everything else that we love about college football would basically be stripped away. Right. I mean, you're not you're you're not going to Pullman to tailgate with your buddies. You're not um, going to the stadium. The the football experience is not you know, there's not going to be a band. There's not going to be halftime show. There's not, you know, I mean, the raising of the flag, whatever you want to say. All those things are gonna, they're gonna be gone. So, what are you left with? Are you, le- are you kind of left with what like a like a subpar football product? I mean, is that is that kind of it?
0: <laughs> you're left with watching the game on TV and then listening to us blather about it.
1: I guess <laughs> that sounds like a deal.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, I don't know. Uh, I think the Bundesliga is is maybe kind of showing us what is and is not. Uh, maybe possible or doable, but you know, as we talked about last week, I I don't know, I'll, I'll believe it's canceled when I see it given the financial stakes. So it's not, as I mentioned, it's not just that people, um, stand to have their salaries paid. It's also the very real, uh, budgetary commitments that have been made in terms of, you know, capital improvements and things like that, that have, they they just, they have to be paid on. So, yeah, they're, they're in a, they're in a tough spot, man. They are in a tough, tough spot anyway
0: yeah um well uh i don't really have a good segue to our next topic um uh but anyway so uh let's uh you know every year we get these numbers around this time so this is just like normal um uh, our uh apr uh numbers um which is the kind of strange um way that um the ncaa measures uh Uh, academic, well, it's called academic progress rate. Um, And we got some uh, not-so-good news from a couple uh, programs with departing coaches. Um, We'll start with the more uh, famous one first. That's Ernie Kent um, and his 2018-2019 season, final season. Um, WSU checked in with a very low score in the 870s. where the minimum threshold on a five-year average four-year average. four-year yeah it's a four-year nine, year rolling average nine thirty, um, I think it was eight seventy six uh, so that's that's just a what it does on a four-year rolling average that puts you in a in a position where you can't screw up again, um, and uh, but that just means Ernie who had previously truthfully had some good APR numbers and that's why it doesn't hurt as much very clearly on the way out the door. Um wasn't taking uh taking as much care with the uh players in this program particularly the transfer ones jeff and and uh I'd love to hear you talk about why uh those transfers matter and why this is probably uh the reason for that
1: yeah i mean i used to i used to track the a p r stuff really closely at coog center um when the a p r was a little newer. Um, it it's been around for, gosh, almost twenty years, I think, at this point. Right. But, um. But you know, there was a time at WSU when it was maybe a little more, uh, a little more significant. Uh, you know, some people might remember that Paul Wolf had scholarship reductions because of APR problems that preceded him with Bill Doba. So, um, it, it can have a real impact if you don't sort of figure it out. However, in recent years, I, I want to say like really in the last 10 or so years, um, it's pretty rare for power five schools to end up at APR problems. Um, they've, they've made all sorts of tweaks to the system and things. And a lot of that is things that, um, you know, happened sort of after Paul Wolf got you know be, became the uh, not so lucky beneficiary of uh, of the problems of the Bill Doba era, but you know so so basically APR is just this like like they you get a point more or less you get a point for um, each athlete who sticks around uh, in school and then I think they get another point for. Um, making satisfactory academic progress during a semester. So in theory, I think if, if the system's still the way it used to be, which I assume it is, um, you can earn up to four points a year per athlete. Um, now, when people start transferring, as long as they transfer in good academic standing, it's not a problem. Uh, if they leave the program in bad academic standing, uh, then, then there's a problem and you start losing those points. And basketball is one where actually it's really easy Uh, relatively speaking, it's easier to get a low score because you only have 13 scholarship athletes. So if, you know, a couple of guys leave in bad standing, all of a sudden – um that can really bang your score. And the best way to think of the score by the way is they give you a score on a scale of a thousand, but what it really is is it's a percent. So when you get a score of say, you know, Ernie Kent's score this year of eight ninety-four, what that really means is you earned eighty nine point four percent of the possible points from your athletes. And so when you put it that way, it doesn't seem so bad, right? Um, but with basketball again it doesn't take much to knock it down and you, you can get points back in other ways too they, they came up with all sorts of rules uh, to benefit basically benefit power five programs when you look at the schools that get hit with APR sanctions it's almost always like the HBCUs and other low major low budget athletic departments who don't have uh, the resources to tutor all of their athletes into uh, academic progress so um, you know it's I think this. This is more just probably a reflection of guys leaving um, after Ernie got fired, my guests leaving in a disgruntled fashion, dropping out of school, not making progress um, and just losing points that way. I mean, it could have been they they never tell you who it is or what it is. They, they cover that up with, you know, FERPA rules and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it could have just easily been Robert Franks who, you know finished his season and went, you know what, I'm out of here. I've got a draft to prepare for. And I'm not right. saying he did that, but it could have been, you know, it could have been that sort of deal. So um, like you said, the important thing to note is that, um, you know, we had four good years of, of scores or three good years of scores before that. Um, so it's, you know, they're still in fine shape. It's not going to be a problem, but it's still, it's still a good reason to be like, you know, Ernie obviously dropped off the face of the earth and some of his players did the same. And so, fuck you Ernie Kent.
0: Well, and and that's it you run the risk of this when you have a program that has so many transferring players um, because you just can't keep track of them and and basically yep. there's nothing you can do to fix to remedy a player if he's left your program. And so if he so maybe if you thought, you know, we just need the rest of this semester to get this guy back in order and he bails, like you can't there's nothing you can do after that. Like you can't right. you can't help him get his grades up. Um. It, it, so it's um, yeah. It's it. That's it, that. Ernie camp obviously was a revolving door uh, the last couple of years of that yep. pr- of that program. So, um, it, that's that's one of the ways it hurts you. Um, we also saw uh, Marty Lee's um, uh's last team uh, recorded a 922, um, which is of course below the the 930 average threshold. So. You, you never like to see that. Again, um, the baseball team is still in good shape on the four-year average, and obviously a 922 doesn't hurt as much on the average as, a, as like an 894 would. Um, but uh, still, it's, um, it's cause of concern um, um, because, like you said, Jeff, uh, as there are um, – well, I, I do have a question. There's, um, you said there's thir- 13 scholarship af- athletes in basketball – um, I think baseball has fourteen scholarships total. Yep. Um, does it count? Something like that. But I, I assume, do does any player that has any sort of scholarship count the same?
1: Yeah, I don't know all of the rules on that. I'm going to be super honest. Um, I I think walk-ons might count also. Oh, okay. Um, I'm I'm not positive about that though. I I'd be speaking out of turn if I spoke to that specifically, but I, I would guess that at the very least for baseball, you know, any player who receives even just a partial scholarship would be counted. Um, And in that case with baseball, there's, even though they only have whatever it is, 15 or 13 scholarships total, um, you know, you might have 20 or 25 kids getting a piece of the pie. And so, you know, with that many people on the, on the roster to, to get a low APR score, you kind of, kind of really have to screw it up. And so, you know, just another reason to, you know, tell Marty not to let the door hit him on the way out.
0: Yeah. And, uh, um, we saw, uh, I see you had a good tweet. Another reason, uh, WSU's basketball and baseball programs need to change at the top. And then he, you know, quoted the scores. Um, uh, obviously those guys were not having success and, and, uh, were becoming, uh, uh, maybe a little disconnected. Um, we, pretty sure of that in kent's case so it's um, also
1: it's also worth noting that um ernie kent's apr scores at oregon also went in the toilet at the end yep um his his last uh his last full season or his last full year there they scored an 870 and then the year that he was fired um they scored a 912 so yeah (laughs) that's bad And, and he was plagued by the same stuff dudes transferring out you know whatever all the all the same problems he had here so.
0: Eleven point two million dollars. God. God damn, he's a thief. Like, I I want a job where I can work for five years, um, then get paid for another three where I'm not working. Where At I basically, millions
1: of dollars per year.
0: Yeah, one point four million dollars per <laughs> year, and put in pretty much the minimal effort that is required. Um,
1: and burn every bridge the whole time you're there and suffer no consequences for it.
0: Yeah. And, and right before you retire. So you got, that's all that money. Uh... He just
1: dude just disappeared. Like, I don't know if you uh, have gone to his uh, coach Ernie Kent Twitter page, but um, it's pretty funny. Cause it's just like frozen in time. It's almost like he died. <laughs> like it's just, it's just frozen there. It still says head coach at WSU. And, um, what cracks me up about it is like I don't know. I guess I would have thought maybe the school would have some control over that, but, but then they would get rid not. of it. They yeah, would, but, school, they, yeah, they, but would. they have not because it's still uh, okay. Hold on, I can I can tell you it's he's still Coach Kent WSU, and uh, the last tweet is February tenth, twenty nineteen. It, it says focused right before. It looks like right before the Arizona game is what it looks like. That was his last tweet.
0: That was, it was also his – he he had not tweeted very frequently.
1: No, which, you know, of course uh, fits I'm, pretty perfectly with his M.O.
0: My my guess is it's probably run by, like, the DBO or someone like that. And, like, they just were like, yeah, screw that. I'm done with it. <laughs> they just left it there.
1: It is funny, though. Like, I mean, there's not a lot of tweets, you know, not a lot of tweets before that. Um, so I guess Ernie couldn't even be bothered to uh, do that little piece. I guess I don't know. It's funny.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> you don't have to scroll down very far to see tweets about. I fully support Milan Aquas' decision to transfer, and I appreciate all Malachi Flynn has done for our program. <laughs> Those are pretty close to the top too.
0: Yeah, Lord there was goodness. like four tweets in the last year. Oh, so whatever, <laughs> man
1: whatever the guy's a loser
0: yeah i it's it's so frustrating um he's he's going to be paid this year just as much as kyle smith
1: yep <laughs> yep yep who knows uh, and you know who knows where he is or what he's doing i i am a little bit surprised that he just like yeah cause went into he, hiding because he, he, he was he doing, craves the spotlight man
0: yeah he was doing uh you know uh Uh, work uh, on tv work in between uh, his last job and he went out just as unceremoniously from oregon as i mean at least oregon he had some success to point back to and wsu was just nothing um and 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 no no direction no no, uh positive direction anyway
1: but he's a good talker and people like that so i'm a little a little surprised i don't know maybe
0: maybe he's maybe he's like on some games back in the Midwest or something. I don't know. Um it, it, it does seem weird that we haven't seen him. I I mean the it seems like the Pac Twelve Network would pick him up you know if they if he wanted to. <laughs> like You the, would think so. Um I guess you maybe they didn't so. want to pick him up the very year after he was fired and, and maybe we would have seen him next year or something. We'll see.
1: Yeah, whatever. I don't know. If I never see him again I'd that'd make me happy. You know part of it is too it's not just it's not just the losing it's how like, like I don't feel this way about Paul Wolf at all. Like I, I feel like if anything, I feel sort of bad for him that it turned out so badly. Cause he seems like a solid dude and like, um, you know, he's a coog and you know, so I'm just like, yeah, I wish it would have turned well, out better it, for him.
0: I think it also like, Paul Wolf, when he got hired, you're like, whatever. He was paid a pretty much a, a salary bottom of the barrel, befitting salary. his like yeah. status as yeah. like, a, like a, a pretty good FCS, like you know, not like a super successful FCS coach, but like you know, had you know, right. won more games than he lost, right. And So, but it like, uh, it and so yeah, he he, he did like, you're like, okay, we paid our football coach 600 grand in like. 2011 right. like you get what not... you get at that point <laughs> yeah like and then we immediately were paying our football coach you know over two million dollars the next right. year so it's like right. and um so yeah you get what you get but like um with ernie from the start it was annoying just because it was just like okay one like he's making twice as much as bone was making and he hasn't coached for several years and then and then he just comes in. i don't want to like But I think that's part of the feeling. And then also just the way he, uh, you know, just the the way the basketball program looked while he was here. Yeah. And uh, just.
1: And I know for a fact he, he, and of course this isn't everybody. Like, you know, for example, Jeff Pollard speaks very fondly of Ernie Kent, you know, talks about how he gave him his opportunity and, you know, whatever. So I, okay. But, um, I know for a fact that Ernie was pretty shitty to a non-zero number of people while he was in Pullman, and you know he just does not seem honestly he just does not seem like a good human being, and that you know that as much as anything uh, bothers me, and you know is is kind of stokes the the bad feelings I have toward him. I mean, look, you know, coaches lose, coaches lose, coaches don't succeed um you know i mean that happens there look i mean well yeah coach... we don't
0: we don't have the feeling of ken bone all yeah
1: i mean there. good coaches fail you know ken bone didn't succeed okay you know ken bone's not a bad person like when he got fired i was like yeah he needed to get fired and that really sucks because he seems like a good guy um i was in school when uh, kevin eastman was the coach look kevin eastman is a hell of a coach just couldn't do it at wsu and and if you're like how is Kevin Eastman a hell of a coach? Well, he went on to have a long career as an assistant coach in the NBA, won multiple championships with doc rivers. Like, like the dude can coach. There's no, he's like looked at by other coaches as a coach's coach. You know, he just couldn't do it in Pullman. Okay. You know, I don't hate the guy, right? It's like, but Ernie, you know, it's just, it's everything about him from, again, like I said, the way that I know he treated people to some degree, um, the way that he talked to fans the excuse making the blaming of other people um just just everything was just so with him was just so unsavory um he he quite literally did not follow through on one promise that he made um, so you know he talked about his his number one promise is we're gonna get kids' degrees and it was like at one point I had a tracker I don't know if you remember this, but I had a tracker tracking how many guys uh, he recruited that actually finished at w s u and it was like Two out of like twenty or something right <laughs> you know he he just had literally not recruited uh any fresh the big one was freshmen like high school kids like yeah. he he literally recruited two guys who uh came in as freshmen and finished, and that was uh I believe Vionte Daniels and Robert franks, so yeah he he just he didn't do anything he said he would do, and you know the the a p r thing is just you know one more you know just one more ernie can't lie so
0: yeah, um, I, I think it just uh, speaks more to again, like like Theo said, like it was so important to make a change, and I I think it's great. Um, it, this is just kind of reminds us that, um, and if you remember, we didn't know if they would because the you know because the money part of it, and probably if it was this year, we wouldn't have done it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Definitely um, would not have done it. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it's kind of crazy thing like it was one day after the Pac-12 tournament lost last year he was gone um and uh it, it's just nuts to to think about um the year you know the year in between um the, the year year and two months at this point but just how um it, it was it, it's such a contrast in coaches that we have coming in we have you know a you know an experienced but still kind of relatively um, young guy, you know, in terms of, uh, and, you know, he's getting his first big, you know, his first big time, uh, you know, major conference coaching job and, and just the energy that he brings and, 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 uh, um, and I, I Ernie had good assistant coaches, so I'm not, I'm not saying like, um, he, Kyle's made better assistant coach hires or whatever, but, but at the same time, just the, um, you know, just the pedigree he's brings with his assistant coaches is guys that he's trusted for a long time and, and things like that. And, um, it, it's just, uh, it just feels like a better program. Glad we made this change. I do not foresee any sort of APR issues going forward. No. Um, and, and so, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very, uh, happy, um, that we are in a, we're not, uh, mad about this and, uh, Ernie's still sitting there. Um, as head coach, I'm very glad to have Kyle Smith, and we are, of course, very glad to have one of the top 40 under 40 in, That's uh, right. in the country.
1: Secret weapon, secret weapon,
0: secret and he's weapon. been
1: on our podcast twice.
0: Yeah, yep. so we, so yeah, so I. Uh, sorry if you guys didn't want to hear about us bitch <laughs> about Ernie Kemp for another 20 minutes. I did warn you at the start that we were going to. <laughs> And also yeah. it's it's quarantine time. We haven't or... bitched
1: about Ernie in a while. So Yeah, I know. <laughs> God, he just that dude just gets my blood boiling like very few other things do. I I detest him as obviously anybody can tell now, probably as much or more than anybody who's ever been associated with our university. Like it's it is that it, it's that bad
0: anyway. He doesn't yeah, he doesn't really feel like a Like it just felt like a just a pass in the night, but it was five years. But it It was was just like
1: it was grift the whole way, dude. He's a grifter the whole way. Helped
0: helped by his good buddy Bill Moose. God
1: damn it! Thing is, Bill Moose gets a lifetime pass because of Mike Leach. At least for me, as as you know, whatever. As shitty as that whole thing with Ernie Kent was, and you know whatever he uh, he gets a. By the way, also noteworthy. Uh, Todd Schulenberger also hired under Bill Moose's watch. Bill Moose had absolutely nothing to do with it, but still.
0: Well, yeah, the, the also, soccer Jen program Greene, just cranked also, out. Also Jen Greeny hired yeah, under Bill The Moose's soccer program watch. cranked out good coach after good coach. Um,
1: yeah, whoever the person was who was doing those hires, because it wasn't Moose, but whoever was doing those hires, my goodness.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you get uh, Kedani McElpine, there's – Having a lot of success, yeah, uh, down at USC, USC. Yeah. yeah, like and and he was you know here for one year, um, just so just uh, and then Todd's stuck around, and there um, actually
1: was another guy in between,
0: yeah. Um, if you remember for, remember for a year, I can't remember the name.
1: <laughs> I am trying, a total blank on his name right now too. Steve, Steve something. Oh my gosh, I'm dying now. Anyway. Uh yeah so he was pretty good for that one year too before and then so like that's the kind of stuff that like crumbles programs and and they didn't they found schulenberger uh, and he's Nugent. amazing. There we um, go. I don't Steve know Nugent. why
0: he resigned so I'm not really I don't remember really remember why that happened. There were um, personal personal issues.
1: It yeah. was a fa- it was a family thing.
0: Yeah. But yeah they went to the tournament with him. Yeah. Um it's, it's rare to, I, I remember, I think we had four coaches in four years and they went to the tournament three of those four years or maybe all four. Um, yeah. just impressive. But Hey, we actually have some soccer to talk about. Maybe we should take a break Yeah. and we'll talk about our, uh, possibly greatest, uh, recruit ever in any sport getting a nice feature today, uh, in the, in the athletic. But so, uh, let's take a break and we'll uh, talk about that. And we're back. Um, Jeff, before we talk about that, actually, I know I teased uh, the soccer talk, which everyone is dying to hear.
1: Because <laughs> there hasn't been enough soccer talk on this podcast. Um,
0: but the uh, <laughs> let, let's talk about beer, man.
1: Yeah. I'm For having. Sure. Hang on just a second. Let me grab the can. I'm having a crowler of uh, Structures Plainsman, which is a logger. And it is okay, but that may be as much to do with me not being a much of a lager drinker most of the time um, as anything else. So it's uh, you know pretty typical lager flavor, real bready.
0: I will fight you that beer. Is I'm sure you will. Amazing. I, that I, beer I, is you know amazing.
1: I, and I will fully say uh, I believe you, and it's I'm sure it is, and I'm just not not much of a lager drinker. Uh, and that's, that's, that's just it. It's not my, that beer is you know. so well made. Like I believe it's, you. it's,
0: uh, and, and I, it's, it's like, it's an American light lager style. So it's basically like brewed, like a, like a, like a bush light. Like it's, but it's brewed in the style of that. And it's just incredible. Like it has. Yeah, I love the breadiness and 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 the the clean finish and and there's none of that strange aftertaste that you get with like a like a Bushlight Light or or a Bud Light, you know, where you kind of get that white bread sort of lingering feel. Like it's so well made. Yeah. Structures is such a good brewery. If we
1: are comparing it to that, then yeah, it's amazing.
0: Well, if you can't appreciate a well-made lagering <laughs> that, then I don't even know why people are listening to you talk about beer. <laughs>
1: it's like it's fine like i don't know like i'm like yeah i'll try you know i'll try lager and then i was like
2: yeah yeah
1: it's fine but i'm sure it's i'm sure like you said it's a i will defer to you on the craft of of the making well it's not even
0: the craft it's such a delicious beer like you're you have such a baby palate jeff god I'm so disappointed in you yeah. I'm just going to be really condescending right now. I just, yeah, I know you
1: love to you love to talk about my beer journey, right? I have not moved on to lagers in my beer journey
0: yet. But you still probably still have a couple of years, honestly. I
1: do. I do appreciate a good pilsner, however. So that's that's my go-to when I want something that's sort of crisp and light and refreshing.
0: Well, there you go. So um, you'll you'll find you'll find if you can appreciate a, a good pilsner, then you're the uh, the. The the craft light loggers aren't aren't far off, man.
1: Not far off. What are you drinking, champ?
0: Um, I am drinking um, di- just another cellar trip. Uh, Amanda and I have been doing great work on the cellar um, this past couple weeks. Um, uh, this is uh, a Matry- matryoshka, matryoshka. I don't know how to say it um, from Fort George, um, the 2018 version. Um, it's a Bourbon barrel age Russian Imperial stout, very tasty. Um, yeah, I had two of them, so I figured i better drink one of them. Um, there's no reason to have two of them. Um, it's uh, very tasty, a great yearly release. Fort George has, a, has an excellent barrel age program. Um, I highly recommend. Uh, they do this is part of a uh, they do the Festival of Dark Arts um, every year uh where they just it's all like big stouts um i've heard it's a great festival i've never been able to go down but uh um it really sells out super quickly and 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 the big thing is you have to uh have some place to stay in astoria so <laughs> that's the hardest part um but yeah it's a it's a great beer um just very good russian imperial stout so it's got a you know big you know, it's like it probably started out as a pretty hoppy beer and all that, and and those beers tend to hold up in barrels when they're they're big malty get boys pretty pretty well. Um, so yeah, I enjoy this release every year. Uh, Fort George is a is a good brewery, um, just across the board. They make a ton of great stuff, and they've been around a long while. Um, I remember my. Uh, uh, my, my, one of my, the guy that got me kind of accelerated my beer nerdery, um, my buddy Vic in Vermont, uh, he talked about, um, when he would come back West, like back in like the late nineties, early two thousands, he'd like, uh, get, or like get Vortex IPA, um, from Fort George. And that was like, he still like loved that beer because it was just like, that he'd come from the east out west and just get the west coast ipas and so fort george has a lot of uh but you still fort george you can only get their beer in oregon and washington um so it, it's uh it, it it's still kind of a local place even though they they've grown and 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 they make a lot more beer now but um they still kind of uh, keep it pretty local and so it's a it's a cool place to support and they make a totally lot of beer. did not
1: realize that by the way Cause I, you know, it's it's pretty easy to find around here. Yeah, and I mean that's part it's, of it you know, is
0: because they only distribute locally. Like they, they're not stretched, so it makes their stuff easier to find. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, now I will I will have a greater appreciation for it, and I'll be like, ha ha, Idaho. You might have haircuts, but we have the Fort George.
0: I'm not sure if they don't go to Idaho. I, I, they, they say. Let's only... just pretend
1: they don't. Let's yeah, just pretend I, we have that over Idaho right now and will just board yeah. it over them for a while.
0: Yeah, it's because they, they they proudly advertise. It. Okay, so the, they do they do they do distribute in Idaho. I always <laughs> think it's weird because they say they they proudly only distribute in the Pacific Northwest. I don't know why Idaho is included in the Pacific Northwest. Idaho does not touch the Pacific in any way. It's true. Like it the Pacific count. Northwest, like British Columbia is more Pacific Northwest. Come it's on,
1: it's true. Like, Absolutely true.
0: And also the British people in British Columbia call British Columbia the Pacific Northwest, which is funny. Cascadia. Um, Yeah. All
1: right. So Uh, it's Washington, Oregon, and Idaho, and that's it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Whatever. So Idaho does get to taste the Fort George. Just
1: like Idaho, you know, riding our coattails.
0: You know, they're just like, they're probably just doing that just in case. The eastern halves of Washington, Oregon, break off and and merge with Idaho to form whatever the hell that yeah. state is supposed to be. Fuck. Um, yeah,
1: <laughs> that's fine. Eastern Washington go hang out with Idaho. I got no problem with that. Hey, but dude, just like what about but Washington just make, State like, University, but, but yeah, but just make Pullman like its own little like landlocked island in the middle of Eastern Washington.
0: What about Spokane? What WSE Spokane? Our medical school.
1: Yeah, I guess I don't know. Like Spokane's okay.
0: Jeff, I think your statement was rash.
1: <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I don't know. Can we just take pockets of Eastern Washington and be okay with them? It'd be like
0: yeah, guess. it's like uh, like Berlin and Ber- Berlin in, yeah. uh, in 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 uh, the yeah. Soviet era rule of uh, yeah. Germany. It is uh, funny,
1: I've got some relatives who live in Coeur d'Alene and we visited them, I mean I don't know, it's like five, six, seven years ago now, something like that. It was a while ago. And uh and I'm like, Yeah, Court really nice and it's pretty and you know, and I'm like, How how's the how's the school system here? And they just looked at me like, Bro. <laughs> like I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'd, you know, consider teaching somewhere else and they're like, No, no, you don't wanna do that. You do not want to come to Idaho. <laughs> I'm like, Okay but you live here, yeah. Our kids are all grown now, though. All right, all right. Never mind.
0: Great place to retire,
1: apparently, or go hang out in the mountains with other people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah on I that was note, let's say one, one more thing. <laughs> this went south in a hurry. We, we all know. We all know Idaho was a ahead of a trend on on certain types of people that are now in the mainstream uh they were they were well ahead of a trend on that. Yeah. Um but we'll, we'll go we'll uh we'll we'll move on. Yeah. Uh, one of your kids is talking to you. I know. I Atticus
1: a... like whispered something in the microphone. I don't even know what it was. Sarah Sarah just like banged on she just got home. She banged on the window and scared the shit out of me. Oh
0: god. Man. All right. So <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm like all off. Uh, I'm now, all, I'm now all we've, off
0: now. Now that we've shit on Idaho and this Urnika. podcast
1: went off the rails, man. This, this is, is a hate now
0: podcast. This episode we're hate on Idaho. We're hate on Urnika.
1: Speaking of soccer, so I know we're transitioning to soccer. I did uh, take the liberty of looking up because I was curious. Matt Potter was the coach uh, who started all of this. He coached it for eight years before going mm-hmm. to Oklahoma, and then that's when McAlpine came. And okay, whatever. So Matt Potter is now, after a mildly successful, you know, eight year run at Oklahoma, he is now the uh, the head coach of the U.S. Women's National Team U 23s Nice, which is kind of cool. So good for him.
0: So he'll. Uh, well, he he, I guess. Well, he. Pre- Probably would have coached Morgan Weaver if she was, if they were doing anything right now. Um, I think she's still U23. Um, she, yeah, I know I she so. was on the U23 at some yeah. point. Um, he
1: was hired, I don't know, let me look, hold on. He was hired do, 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 back in, oh no, he was hired in January, so it wasn't that long ago.
0: Uh, speaking of Morgan Weaver, um, the Portland Thorns uh, unveiled their new kits. Uh, which are jerseys and soccer talk. <laughs> um, this they unveiled their new jerseys uh, today, and I would never buy one, but they are pretty fucking cool. And so Jordan will get some, or Morgan will get to wear some cool threads, How um, dare even you. though they're they look terrible.
1: That's like saying that the Washington Huskies have good looking uniforms.
0: Oh, dude, come on! They're black and red. Like <laughs> it's not. You can't it's... really.
1: Yeah, you're right. You can't really screw that up. It's yeah. true. I that's mean, pretty uh, tough to screw
0: up. Yeah, but whatever. I mean, they look evil, so that's perfect. There we them. go. Perfect. Um, I can't wait to cheer against Morgan when she comes to Tacoma, um, yes. which I should have been doing. And
1: then yell recently. go Cougs at her at the same
0: time. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely, like, when they come to Tacoma, I'm going to be, like, in Coug gear, but yeah. also cheering against her. I'll 100% like, go with you. Yeah. We'll be like, go Morgan! Score two goals but and lose four to lose. two. <laughs> yeah. That's what we'll be going for.
1: I don't know. Is, oh. is Morgan Weaver still going to hold the title of best uh, WCU soccer player ever in four years?
0: Well, we definitely got um, someone sliding in, basically, probably going to take over her very position um, as a freshman. And uh, Trinity Rodman, um, who is, of course, DJ Rodman's. Sister. That's
1: definitely what she's most famous for. The
0: most famous. She's most famous for being W. C. basketball player DJ Rodman's (laughs) sister.
1: (laughs) She's also related to Dennis Rodman. Did you know that?
0: Um, uh, Kind of a distant, uh, you know, father-daughter connection. Is that close? I don't know. (laughs) Um, But, uh, I mean, it's just like with DJ, though, like in all seriousness, he he was – not always there when they were not really there that much yeah. when he was growing up. And, yeah. but he has, uh, um, so, and the reason we're talking about, uh, Trinity, uh, which cool, great name by the way. Yes. Um, and definitely fits with Dennis Rodman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the name Trinity, uh, but, but yeah, really cool name. Um, definitely a dominant athlete type of name. Um, so there was an article by Pablo Maurer in the, uh, athletic today, uh, which starts out the first three words are Washington state university. Um, and then, Woohoo! and you, and, and us youth national team attacker, Trinity Rodman. Um, so, uh, she, uh, she had a f- nice feature in the Athletic today, which I highly recommend checking it out. If you're a subscriber, or maybe you can sign up to a free trial or, or whatever. Um, it, it's pretty, it might not be the best time to sign up for a free trial, honestly, but like, this is a pretty great, uh, piece if you want to check it out or just pay for a subscription. Cause the athletic is great. But, um, uh, but yeah, so basically big feature on her kind of the the, the parts uh interesting parts I mean, she talks about how uh um she played um against uh Kobe's sister, or I mean Kobe's daughter when, when she was uh, uh younger. Um so she, like she knew Kobe and uh, then her dad started coming to the games and Kobe told her that she's a stud, um, which is pretty cool for her. And then um but basically she was uh kind of destined uh to go to uh ucla um she had committed to ucla uh as told in this story um early in her youth career um but really just came to wsu to visit her brother and then uh had her mind changed um DJ was dating someone on the soccer team at the time so that helps Um, but uh, here's what she says Um, I went up to visit my brother and at the time he was dating a soccer player on the team and so I went up there and got the opportunity to meet the team to see the school and see everything up there after I left I was like mom I friggin love that school and it would be awesome to be with my brother Um, so I think that's where I want to be nothing against UCLA they're so awesome but I felt more at home it does say at Washington but I don't know. I, I, I'm going to say that's a misquote from the, the reporter.
1: Obviously.
0: Um, um, but, uh, yeah, so that's really cool to hear. Um, basically she came to Pullman to see her brother and then was like, I mean, I'm sure it was tied to some sort of recruiting visit as well, but, uh, like, am I'm, yeah, I'm sure, uh, you know, the, the soccer staff was well aware that, uh, when it, So, um, why this is important is she is uh, rated as um, the top forward at the very least in the recruiting class this year, um, and potentially one of the top players overall. Um, so Jeff, this is pretty much one of the best uh, recruits that WSU has ever had.
1: Yeah, and isn't it like so cool? I I really think that one of uh, the, the like one of our favorite things we were talking earlier about how sort of college sports differ from, you know, other kinds of, you know, professional sports. And, uh, you know, so so much that has to do with the connection, right, with the with the community and and everything else. Like, look, when I get to go and I I know you feel this way, too, we get to go back to Pullman. It's just like, you know, being back in town is just great, like independent of the football game, you know, independent of whatever. I mean, look, you and I have, you know went back for the spring game last year and we were just like, yeah, dude, spring football game. Let's go to Pullman, you know,
0: and we were going to go this year. Yeah. And we
1: were going to go this year. So, um, you know, we love being there. We feel that connection. And, and really one of the, you know, my favorite things is when I hear of, of anybody else, it's not necessarily an athlete, but just really anybody else who has that same feeling for the place that I do. Right. And so when she talks about, You know, I was destined to go to this place and then I went and visited Pullman and I was like, this place is awesome. That's where I want to go. So this place
0: being UCLA, one of like the top soccer programs and also, you know, like in Southern California and all that.
1: Right. You know, and so um, to have that experience of no, I've I've now seen what this is and I think this is awesome. Um, You know, that's the exact same experience I had as a high school student. And... You know when you hear of, of things like that, or you hear of current you know student athletes who say things, you know about about their affinity for the school and you know how they feel you know how they feel about it and things like that. You're just like, yeah, that's how I feel about my school. Like when you have that same connection, and because it doesn't always happen, right? I mean, there are some athletes who you know are just kind of there to do their athlete thing and they don't really have um, that much of a connection with the school. But when you hear someone who does, and you just go like, yeah, that, me too, me too, right? Right, um, you know that just feels good, and so to to hear um, someone sort of confirm what I think you know we've believed all along, which is, man, if you can just get them on campus, if you can just get them there and have them see what it's like, experience what it's like, you know, just kind of uh, you know, in this, like we've talked about before this, this might be getting in the way of Nick Rolovich's first real class. Right. Um, you know, if you can get them on campus and they can see what it's all about, all of a sudden they realize like, it's not just some cow pasture in the middle of nowhere. It's actually this, um, incredible place and this, this incredible, you know, college town. And, um, you know, for her to see that, um, you know, here's to hoping, obviously some of that is her brother and whatever, but, Uh, here's to hoping that it also has maybe this, uh, you know, this ripple effect outward of, um, you know, that allows, you know, Schulenberger to take the recruiting up to maybe another notch to where, you know, final fours, you know, look, I mean, make a final fours is really, really hard, but um, to where being, you know, in that upper tier of PAC 12 programs, which again is really, really hard because you're talking about UCLA and Stanford and USC and, you know, with all the advantages that those schools have built in, you know, maybe this you know snowballs into something where um, WCU has a truly nationally relevant program in a sport, which is kind of kind of wild, kind of blows your mind.
0: Well, yeah, and you think about it. I, I'm I'm thinking about you know the opportunity that uh, Schoenberger has here, and it, um, if, if you think about it, kind of kind of makes you. It 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 has some parallels to like the '97 football season because um, you. You you have a a player that gets drafted second overall in her in her in her uh, league's draft. Um, you have a team that is uh, you know goes to the final four. Uh, you could say WSU was uh, you know kind of you know probably was one of the top five teams in the country that year, regardless of the final ranking. But I uh, just to, you know uh, a couple you know, they're two close losses, whatever. Um but it, but you, you then you saw uh basically Mike Price's staff turn that into recruiting guys that eventually won 30 games in thir- in three years. And so I you maybe, you hope that Todd Schulenberger can um, keep that momentum going, that he stays around as well and, and uh um, you know, just Trinity is just one of. Um, What's going to be a, uh, you know, a conga line of top recruits. Um, And you, I mean, honestly, they, they got a a huge grad transfer last year. And, and so it's, it's seen as, and that's before they went to the final four. Right. So it's already seen as a, I I think the WSU soccer program is now, if it wasn't already like going to the final four and, and, and just, and having a a, a player with the status of Morgan Weaver, um, really, I, we, we haven't seen a WSU program, like have this sort of kind of level of notoriety in a while. And it's really cool that they, they could, the circumstances came about where they basically could um, bring in one of the, the top young, you know, young players in the U S to, to play, you know, someone who has a legit chance to be, on the best team in the world, the, the U S women's team, um, in the future. And then she's coming to WSU. So it's, 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 uh, it's pretty cool. And, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch her, uh, just how she describes her game. She just loves destroying people one-on-one. Um, uh, she's just very athletic and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. Um, hopefully the PAC 12 network still playing some of those, uh, women's soccer games and, and we'll get to check her out, and uh, and I, it just sounds like she'll probably be, you know, contributing from day one.
1: Yeah, I, I imagine so. I mean, there's there's lots of opportunities uh, with you know the graduation of Weaver for the for minutes up front. So I'm sure she'll be. I'm sure she'll get a chance to to jump right in for sure. So yeah, very exciting. Uh, you know, number one overall recruit. I mean, like I just. I don't know. Like it's hard to it's hard to imagine WC landing that player. Like just in any sport, right? Well, that's why
0: like, right, we um we uh, um we joked about it with uh with um and in uh, the first time we had him on about how um you know, Todd Schulenberg is probably really grateful that Kyle Smith and Pullman Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, he recruited a, her brother first and obviously this i mean you could probably say this doesn't happen if, if dj robbins not in no. pullman no it doesn't uh, there's no way like and so um but still like you got to give you know pullman some credit you got to give uh wsu you got to give the staff some credit to kind of um say hey uh we have something in place here and we have a g- great place to live and play um and, and they were able to do that and so it just kind of makes you think hey you know, for, for a lot of kids, like Pullman is a selling point. And, uh, and that's, and we can kind of segue into talking about recruits again for the football team. Um, that's, you know, uh, probably where, like you, like you said, where Rolovich is, Rolovich's staff is at a disadvantage right now because all all the kids know is that this, this, this small town in Eastern Washington, but they just don't get to see Pullman and they don't get to experience it with you know um with the kids on on campus or even 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 in the summer or anything when the the weather's beautiful and the hills are green and it's wonderful and um and it, and you can go to the Coug without without waiting in line or anything but um but yeah man I I uh, uh, uh we do have a another commit um what is that 5
2: we are what, what up were to what we five. about
1: What were we We talking about three weeks ago? We went from zero (laughs) to five in like two weeks. Three weeks, three weeks. So we, uh,
0: yeah. Most most notably, an in-state recruit, Jeff. Winning the Apple Cup.
1: Apple Cup victory assured.
0: Happening. It's done. It's happening. uh, In one of the next five years. We got it.
1: For sure. Guaranteed because we now have WSU, we now have Washington Washington uh athletes on our team so for sure guaranteed
0: from the Snoqualmie metropolis <laughs> um, Mount Psy High School um yeah Andrew Edson another kid bet he with shops
1: at the outlets
0: that's that's got to be a given if you're Snoqualmie North Bend area. That's where you do your school shopping. There's where else would you go? Like, like I how drove many... from Yakima to do school <laughs> shopping. There,
1: <laughs> how many slightly flawed pairs of Nikes does he own?
0: Oh, I, I have a I have a story about it. Just let's we're gonna divert for a second since we're talking about the outlet malls. Okay. So uh, the summer before my senior year, um, my buddy Kevin and my sister drove to North Bend from Yakima one one day to do some school shopping. And, uh, you know, um, I had my money from working. Mom and Dad gave Steph a little money to buy some clothes. Um, we had... Uh, uh, my my friend Kevin had just a U.S. Cellular. And, and a, this was back when, like, you couldn't just take your cell phone everywhere and expect it to work without roaming or whatever. So he was in roaming when we were in North Bend... Uh, we were fine, like we had AT&T and ours was fine or singular, whatever the hell it was back then. Um, ours, our phone was working fine. So we were like the ones to like keep in contact with the parents, you know, cause we're still just like, we're driving and we're, we're like 17 and I have my, you know, 11 year old sister with me. Like, it's not like, you know, it, there's reason for parents to worry. You know, we're, you know, 150 miles or, you know, 120 miles from home or whatever, Um, my sister, uh, goes into the bathroom and somehow drops the cell phone into the toilet. Oh, so we have no way of contacting anyone. Like, we're fine. Like, we just kind of go about the rest of our day and do our shopping or whatever. But like, we get home and my mom is just flipping out because like, (laughs) And then uh, we, uh, we couldn't afford to replace the phone, um, so we just didn't have a cell phone for a while after that. So yeah, so, yeah so, but it's yeah, you know. with, with that, like where we lived back then, the cell phone did not work. Yeah. And you had to drive like nine miles in, in towards Yakima for the cell phone to work. Like it, it was like, why do we have this cell phone surface? like this is crazy?" Um, but anyway, so that's a nice little divert. That's my story about the uh, um, the outlet malls. But anyways, uh, um, Andrew Etzen has definitely shopped at the outlet malls before. Yes he has. Um, like you said, a few pair, a pair of some irregular Nikes, maybe an a, irregular a pair of shorts. Yep. You, know, you get on the on those nice you know those racks that are in the back you gotta go in the back you can't you can't buy the stuff up front um, but yeah he he uh he's a big dude is he's got the size 63 240 defensive end yeah um, rated three stars and 85 so decent three star from uh, uh, by by two four seven. Uh, 15th best uh, recruit in the state of Washington um, 65th rated uh weak side defensive end in the country. Um, I love how they break them down that much. Like that defensive <laughs> right. end. It's the fifteen best of weak side defensive end. That's right, end. you're
1: a weak side defensive end, not a strong side defensive end like the other recruit that we got who is uh one inch taller and the same
0: weight, but he's <laughs> a
1: strong side defensive end. Yeah, I whatever. I don't know. I So I this is a this it.
0: is another um Second time we've had a kid with a whole lot of smart kid offers. Yeah. Um, the, the, the academies again, um, Ivy League, all that. Yep. Um, and then uh, more notably football-wise, uh, some Mountain West offers, Fresno State, Nevada, San Jose State, Wyoming, uh, but also some big sky schools in there. So you're like, eh. like, honestly, like, I know I, I tend to and I don't know you Jeff I tend to judge the recruits more more on who's offering them than, yep. than their ratings. <laughs> yep. Like um I I do like it's it's good to know that you know you get these kind of uh we were talking about APR earlier. This is a kid you're not going to have to worry about with that. Like um if the kid's getting offers from you know Cornell and and uh, Yale and stuff like you're not really going to have to worry about harvard uh um, we're not gonna have to worry about um him hitting the books um but but yeah this is they've yet i i don't know anything about this kid uh, honestly other than his ratings um he's probably the highest rated recruit they've brought in yet in this class um but uh there's yet to be kind of a wow recruit um and what what does that Are we worried about that or we still have 20 scholarships to go or maybe not worry about it too much?
1: I mean, I think that, you know, we, we've been over this before and I don't really have a whole lot different to say um, other than it's just, you know, it's a little concerning that the guys that we're getting seem to be the kinds of guys that probably uh, Rolovich would have been recruiting to Hawaii. Um, You know, so that part is a little bit, Concerning, but you know, I've also said that maybe that I don't know that that's necessarily an indictment on Rolovich and his staff because they they are so hamstrung right now by the current situation. Um, we just got done talking about how Trinity Rodman comes up to Pullman and all of a sudden is like, "This place is awesome. I want to go here." Like, you know, that's happened to a lot of us over the years, and right now they can't have anybody on campus, so. That's a pretty big sticking point, a pretty big recruiting tool that they don't have that, um, you know, a lot of other schools have. I mean, look, you know, if you are a kid in Western Washington and UW is recruiting you, you can just drive on over to UW. Right. I mean, even if the campus is closed right now, even if, you know, whatever's going on, you can just drive on over. Um, You know, if you're a Southern California kid, you can drive over to UCLA or USC or drive. I mean, there's
0: a chance you've been to one of their games before. Yeah. Like it's rare that a kid you know, from Western Washington, unless they have cougar ties with their family has been over to Pullman for a football game.
1: I mean, heck, even kids in Spokane don't always get down to Pullman for a game. So, you know, it's, it's out of the way and you got to get kids there and they're not getting there right now. So I I don't know, like I, on the one hand, you know, yeah, I, I would be lying if I said it wasn't concerning. Um, You know, the kinds of guys that are being recruited feel very Wolfian, right? And that's um, so that part's a little concerning. But I also don't I think I can both be concerned and also say that's not really an indictment on Rolovich and his staff because they perhaps are victims of circumstance. The only thing I really worry about is that they're missing uh, potentially missing a window to sell their vision and sell their hope to guys nice and early because it really seems like those first couple of classes are the ones where you can really, really, really say, Hey, this is what we're building. This is what we're trying to do. Come join us. And you can get people excited for that before they have a chance to really look at what you've actually done. Um, you know, even Paul Wolf was able to do that to some extent, um, early on, it was his last couple of classes that really kind of dropped off. Uh, so, that part concerns me that maybe they are, you know, victims of circumstance in a way that is, is you know, unfair and unfortunate. But, um, you know, I I don't know. I mean, like you said, there's 20 more spots left. So, I mean, who knows how this changes? You know, look, there are a lot of kids out there who aren't committed because um, they're just kind of waiting to see what happens with all this stuff. And. You know, hopefully uh, Rolovich can convince some of those guys to join because, you know, to be honest, the guys we've gotten so far. I mean, look, Edson is, um, you know, he's a pretty mu- he's pretty much the kind of guy that WSU has gotten over the years. You right. know, the mid tier uh, Washington kid who, you know, who comes over. You know, th- those are the kinds of kids that um, UW's probably not recruiting WSU. If they want them, they can usually get them. You know, so and and that's not a knock on him. Maybe he'll be awesome. But it's also like, eh, you know, I mean, this is the kind of guy that most most WSU coaches have gotten over the years. Um, you know, the other kid that committed in the last week, uh, Xavier Young from Tallahassee, Florida. You know, that's a long ways away. Uh, he's the strong side defensive end, Craig. Um, of course. Of course. You know, being one inch taller in the exact same weight as the other guy. Um, you know, in his offer list, you know, it's pretty decent offer list. He's got offers from, uh, most notably Georgia tech and Maryland. So
0: so some power five offers, you know, you
1: feel okay about that. And Georgia tech, again, you know, if you're being offered by Georgia tech, your academics are fine. So, um, so that's a good thing there as well. And you know, yay. I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'll be, I'm sure he'll be great. Um, interesting that he, you know, committed to, uh, you know, committed to WCU sight on sight unseen from Tallahassee, Florida,
0: but yeah, considering, yeah, he had, um, he's from Florida. A lot of his offers are in the South or the Southeastern U S. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Obviously they, maybe there is some vision that they're selling him that they can do, um, without the benefit of a, of an in-person visit. So,
1: um still no quarterback which is a little bit of a bummer but yeah you got three young guys so it doesn't really concern me all that much
0: Yeah we got some we got Leach never never skimped on quarterbacks yeah, I mean you're so. going to have
1: a redshirt sophomore a redshirt freshman and a true freshman so Yeah That's yeah. not that's not super concerning and my guess my guess is it's probably not a major priority for for the coaches either
0: yeah, of course. And then they also have the, the quarterback in last class that kind of like Rolovich was probably over in the moon to get because yeah, he was already committed so. and then, <laughs> Yep. Yep. Um, probably a guy that when he was at Hawaii was uh desperate to get. Yeah. But uh
1: I would guess one of the two guys, uh either Cruz or uh or Cooper transfers out. Yeah, That's I would think so. By the end of this year or by the end of camp or whatever, but Um, you know, you still feel pretty okay with two of those guys and you know, you've still got presumably you've still got, you know, John Bledsoe hanging out there, uh, recovering from a knee injury. So, you know, you, you've got, mean you've got a couple guys.
0: They'll probably sign a quarterback at some point.
1: Probably, probably, but yeah, I mean, I feel, look, I mean, the guys they've got aren't guys that are going to make you, you know, do a backflip or anything, but you know, it's solid. Um, you know, you got one skill guy, a couple of defensive guys, a couple of offensive linemen. So, you know, feeling yeah, are right about that.
0: Yeah. 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 And, uh, I mean, record, recruiting defensive linemen is. Uh, still no is, tackles. Is, yeah. Still no tackles. But, well, we don't recruit defensive tackles at <laughs> WSU, Jeff.
1: Nope. Maybe, mean, hey, maybe, like, maybe Xavier Young can blow up into a 300 pound yeah, tackle.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, these kids are already 240 playing. Strong or weak side defensive end. You know, that's that's pretty much as big as our tackles have been the last couple of years. That's
1: <laughs> <laughs> true. So true.
0: Yeah. Um, I do want to uh, talk about maybe before we wrap up here. Um, so the NCAA has given uh, the go ahead to do uh, voluntary practices.
1: Mm, gotta love um, voluntary, right?
0: But that of, that of course, for everywhere has it, it's kind of like more has to do with what your local authorities or, you know, what your local recommendations are. Um, but um, maybe WSU can start doing those voluntary. I mean, uh, if the kids are there, like that's the thing. A lot of these things, uh, you kind of wonder if the, the kids are actually in town right. to do the workouts. But they they could. I mean, uh, I think Whitman County has uh, moved to phase two now.
1: Yeah, the um, Coug is open.
0: The Coug is open. Um, so why not go lift some weights? Um, so if there are kids there, but um, I'm guessing there's pro- like the kids would have to come back. Like I guess most I, of I'm them. I'm guessing they were yeah. still off campus. Yeah, because like when we talked to um, Coach Anderschek, like he he uh, he uh, he talked about how you know none of their players were really on campus um,
1: except for the international kids who can't really go home. Yeah, which we don't really have that. <laughs> which is ball. bizarre. Poor yeah. guys. Yeah. But yeah, football's that's not really a thing with football, so
0: Some of the kids will probably just there because, you know, you'd probably rather be in Pullman than be at home. Yeah, and there's definitely
1: <laughs> there's definitely some of those. I mean Bryce Beekman was, you know, living on yeah. campus, so um I'm sure he's, you know, wasn't the only one.
0: Yeah. So right. So yeah, they can uh um as long as it's, you know, fine with the school and fine with the you know, the team, they can start doing, you know, lifting and, and uh you know, and I don't see any drills. reason.
1: I don't see any reason why you can't do that. To be, yeah. you know, I mean, like, and I, you know, I mean, I don't know how you feel about all this. I, I'm as careful as I can be. I get very oh. stressed out to go to the store. Like, it's, it's a really, it's honestly. I, there's probably other people who feel this way as well. Like, it's a, it's an anxiety ridden, uh, same 100%. experience for me to go to Costco or whatever. But, um, but you know, when I so so. That being said, uh, this seems like a very reasonable and logical thing that can be done safely. Like, I, I don't know, like, I mean, I've been, I've seen their weight room. I've, I've been in college weight rooms. I mean, there's plenty of space in there. Like, you know, so maybe they're not lifting right next to each other. Maybe they, you know, put an empty bench in between them or whatever. And when they go do conditioning, you know, maybe they just make and sure that, they spread I'm, out while they're running up and down. I'm floor. sure
0: they'll be taking temperatures and... Yeah. All that, so. Which
1: I think is sort of a silly thing anyway, because you can be contagious before right. you're presenting with a fever. But you know, I mean, it's that just strikes me as the sort of thing that can be done responsibly and from a distance. And if you can do that, then, you know, it makes sense to, to allow people to do that. I, I you know, there are some things that are clearly not really very safe to do, uh, you know, as much as we all want haircuts, that's one of them, <laughs> you know, that's not real safe, uh, because you have to get so close, but, uh, but things where it's pretty easy to keep people apart, you know, I, for, for a football team in a, you know, maybe not your local YMCA, but you know, your, uh, your football team under the guy, uh, under the guidance of a, uh, strength and conditioning coach, I think is probably, probably going to be able to do things in a safe way and not get anybody sick. So,
0: well, I just, you know, but do- if you're wearing a mask when you when you hit that PR, uh, <laughs> like, and you want to let out that primal screen, yeah. it's just not going to have the same effect, yeah. man. Like, it's no, going to be true. muffled by the mask.
1: That's true. You're like throwing up your your PR, and you're like Whoa, behind Whoa. the mask. And... <laughs>
0: The the, the the guy taking the taking the tick is too far away so he can't really hear you. Like the, his his phone isn't picking you up. And so it's just uh it's just not it's just not great, man. That's
1: right. Spotters are like, you know, social distance spotting. Like only how. if he's I don't going know how that die. works.
0: Only run over there if it's on <laughs> <That's> his neck. <laughs> that's, that's,
1: right. that's right. If he's choking to death, then run in there and, and pull the bar off his throat. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you know that seems like I said that seems like a reasonable a reasonable thing to do that does not seem crazy or reckless, and i am I am all for things that are not crazy and reckless right now and, you know
0: I forgot uh, what is phase two fifty uh, percent oh their hair salons can open on phase two,
1: yeah, I don't know i'm still I'm still not feeling real great about that idea,
0: well, I would say and I I got my haircut right before the uh, when some of the states were already closing the stuff, but we kind of waited. But I got my haircut on like March 14th. I wish I had done it. And, and then, and then like the next day, well, I had it scheduled because I was supposed to fly out to a work conference the next day, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna need my haircut." And then I was like, "Oh," and I almost canceled it, but I'm glad I kept it because one, like, because it was my my hairdresser was already going to. Uh, she was like volunteering. Um, it was it's at the Rudies. Um, I love the Rudies. Uh, she was already she was volunteering to take out uh, take her um, to be the one to be laid off because they mm-hmm. were already getting their business hit. But then like the next day they shut them down completely, so all of her coworkers got laid off. Yeah. Um. But but yeah. So I got my hair cut on March 14th, so I'm about I'm coming up on ten weeks uh, no. without it. Um uh but but yeah it's uh i'll probably go back pretty soon so what what i talked to her about like they they have su- i i know if if obviously there's going to be an issue with the airborne particles uh you know the, the the but that those places are clean as can be especially if you go to a reputable uh yeah. barber like yeah. they're like the they have such the instruments have, well, and, are definitely and clean, and their hands are clean. Like they're they have yep. such strict requirements yep. already. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, like they'll. I mean, I assume they'd still be wearing masks, and and you'd be wearing a mask, and like with, like all that, you know, no beard trims or anything like that, you know. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting, but I know there's people that are going to be so thirsty for a haircut. Like, they, <laughs> yeah, you might just, not
1: get in for a while.
0: Yeah, like it'll probably. Yeah, it'll probably be a, a challenge, like, because you know I'm used to growing my hair out for a while. I I can like grow my hair out for a long time. Um, I'm not really bothered by it, but there's some people like like I've talked to my uh, the girl who cuts my hair. She's just like, yeah, every yeah, you know, she's like, you're one like you're like every six weeks or eight weeks or you know ten weeks. But I got people that come in every two weeks. You know yeah. those guys that want to keep it I'm high a, and tight. I'm definitely
1: you know? a three to four week person.
0: Oh, so you're sure. yeah. You must be getting uncomfortable right now.
1: Uh, I am extremely, un- I, I've mentioned this on the podcast, man. My hair is so fluffy right now and it's <laughs> driving me nuts. Like if I try to put on a hat, it's just like, it just sort of sits on this fluff of hair.
0: Well, you wear those, you wear those dad hats. God, why. it's so annoying. You got to get yourself a high crown hat and you'll be uh, fine.
1: I have one. I have a Seattle Mariners Cougar hat. So I got one of those, but
0: it's just, you know, it's just. That have to be your go-to hat.
1: It's just uncomfortable, you know. It's it's
0: uncomfortable.
1: It's, it, I don't know. Like I, I like my hair kind of high and tight and um, clean. Well, you know. And, and it's, just just, not, uh, sure, it's just I'm sure I'm sure you have some
0: clean. clippers in your house.
1: I do. I do. I could I could take all this off in a heartbeat. And I have not. Um,
0: Everyone's teetering on the brink of that decision. Right I know, now and sure. I'm
1: sitting there, and I just keep thinking, like, do I really want to do it? I don't know if I do. Not like it would be like terrible, but I'm also like, eh, I don't know. Well, the part do one
0: of that. the worst parts is that like neck hair you get that, oh. that like. So I've been I've been on tr- the ba- you know, You're like, talking about
1: on the back, right? Yeah, I've been like on blindly trimming, oh.
0: blindly trimming that with my razor, like my, my, with my electric razor, just yeah. blindly trimming it. Cause that that's what drives me nuts. And maybe those, I'll feel like, better lines. if I do
1: that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Cause maybe I'll feel better. Maybe maybe have maybe Sarah I'll, help you out with I might, that. I might do. Yeah. That. I might do that. Cause, cause that's, that, that's that
0: does make me feel better. Cause then you just don't have those like lines on your neck. Yeah, I, I've been having to do for work these like LinkedIn live like video sessions, like every Wednesday morning at like 8 a.m. So I've been like getting up to to actually take a shower before work and like making sure my hair is right. But it's just getting harder every week. Like, cause I'm, I don't like put product. I typically when my hair is this long, I don't put product in it because I, I usually put product in my hair if I'm traveling for work and, and like, I probably have gotten my hair cut in the last week. And so like, I'm not, I don't have like the right stuff for this length of hair. Right. So I'm right. just like putting so much in just so it's like swooped over and like <laughs> looks presentable cause I got to go on like my company's LinkedIn page and like talk about whatever and like but but one thing that i'll just as an aside um just the low bar i have already set as a person who always works from home who always wears shorts and a t-shirt every single day of his life um my my daughter has now taken to calling on the wednesdays when i'm doing these linkedin live things calling me fancy dada <laughs> cuz i'm wearing a company polo shirt and i actually took a shower and combed my hair so it's like uh, fancy dada still <laughs> wearing shorts so... by the way still have amazing. shorts on i i haven't put pants on in months like i still wearing shorts and but she's like Fancy data because I I have a, I have a polo, a golf polo. Basically it's like a Nike golf polo with my company's logo on it. And I, and I've combed my hair. Like this is is amazing. This is, this is, this is is my daughter's like, like bar for fancy. This is where she's
1: going to go to school and she's going to talk to her friends about, you know, what their parents do for work and how, and she's going to realize that what you do is like not normal. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I mean she's gonna like grow up because, you know, you're working from home, you know, she'll I, I I presume when she's, you know, like four, she'll go to preschool and whatever. And it's like, you know, she's she's just gonna have this conception of what parents are like. You know, mom goes off to work, dad stays home, dad mostly bums around the house in shorts and t shirts and showers. Every other day, maybe, and it's like, and then she's gonna realize, like, wait a minute, like she's gonna talk to her friends, and they're gonna be like, what, like, no, my parents like go to work every day, and she's gonna be like, what are you talking about? That's weird.
0: It's she's like, I've hilarious. never been to daycare. What the hell is daycare? <laughs> what
1: is that?
0: <laughs> Dad just gets really frustrated and says, like, you're gonna go lay in your crib for a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're gonna go hang out over there for a while while Daddy has a Zoom meeting yeah Oh, that is too. That's too freaking funny, man. Fancy data. That's, that's. You know now. That's what I'm gonna call you every time I see you wearing something respectable. I'm gonna be like Fancy
0: Craig, which will probably be never. I don't know when you would see me. That's probably true.
1: It's like when I used to watch. uh, I used to watch those videos that that you made when you'd go to those conferences and you'd do you know interview panels and they'd end up on YouTube and I'm like, there's look at look at Fancy Craig. He's wearing a tie." tie. Yeah, suit and tie. Suit and Look tie.
0: at that guy. Yeah.
1: I wear a suit and tie. I I don't even actually I don't own a suit. And I wear a tie about I don't know, three times a year? Maybe?
0: I mean I'm pretty much that's I, I uh maybe more if those, I have to
1: go to a bunch of weddings.
0: At those conferences that I go-to that I used to wear the tie at like I I feel like like I'm a veteran now and I'm like I don't need to impress anyone I'm not wearing a tie anymore so I haven't worn a tie in years like even yeah. to these fancy like business conferences I'm like nope I'm just going in the suit like because now like even like the CEOs are like up on stage like with no tie on so it's like no ties no ties we don't wear ties anymore except Tony Bennett he's <laughs> the only weird. one that still wears a tie Sell out always
1: oh my gosh i we didn't even talk about that like they had the uh, 2009 asu game uh on oh, yeah. pac-12 network the other night oh. and all of a sudden as i'm watching it and i was having so much fun watching it and all these old players and like it was just so cool we and actually i, was I recorded
0: real- it so we should we should probably do a, a walk, that would be fun. When, when when uh yeah. when we can uh see each other again we can do a that'd be a watch fun. party of that. Yeah. That'd be fun.
1: I, I just like, I, uh, all of a sudden the realization hit me that that was Tony Bennett's last game in Pullman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my God. So hard to watch. So hard to watch that. And, and remember that like, it's
2: <sighs>
1: also really hard to watch and remember that Dave and Harmeling used to be able to shoot threes and how painful that offense was. And, how maybe different it would have been if they'd had a 40% three-point shooter.
0: Yeah, yeah. It. Da- I mean, I, I have memories of that season being like David just missing three after three after three.
1: Yeah, and eventually basically just playing his way out of the rotation altogether. It was it was kind of sad.
0: Yeah. It's I do important. remember Forrest like suddenly being able to hit some threes. Yeah, how about so.
1: that guy? I I think I sent you a text message and I was like, Caleb Forrest might have been the most amazing thing about tony bennett like i don't know like i like i'm looking at that guy going how is that guy how did that guy become a serviceable power five forward i have no idea but and he absolutely but it was. happened it absolutely happened elbow jumper after elbow jumper after elbow jumper
0: and he had a lot of elbow in his jumper for yes sure. he did he did for sure for
1: sure all right fancy I, I, craig should we wrap it up
0: fancy data to you fancy data you're not my um, data you can't tell uh, me but what that's to do. still my name so you can't uh, tell me get what it right do. uh but yeah i i uh I, I i think it's funny like i wonder if our uh, listeners like just look at the episode and they go seriously they talked for an hour and a half again how did they do that <laughs> uh but we find a way so what happens when friends
1: hang out man
0: yeah. If we yeah. weren't
1: friends, it probably would be a lot harder.
0: Oh yeah, if we weren't friends, I would have I would have no uh, I would feel no pressure to Yeah. um go uh, like do this every week. That would be
1: That would be challenging, but that's 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 what uh so makes it worthwhile, man. You know, I look forward to this every week. I do too. Get to you
0: know? hang out and talk. Drink beer. Drink beer. Bitch about Ernie Kent
1: talk about our you know lifelong favorite soccer team
0: Borussia Dortmund
1: I couldn't find Dortmund on a map if you had a hundred bucks for
0: me I I, I probably could now I, I mean I
1: I have an idea right it's like it's in the western part of yeah, the it's country, in western right? part okay so I knew that I knew that
0: okay it's it's about three hour three and a half hours north of where PJ is which is okay so it's uh I don't know I, I I knew where Frankfurt is because it was the closest thing to um, SAP, which is a company I've worked around for a long time. So um, I, I knew where, and, and it's north of that. But yeah, all I knew about Dortmund was the beer style Dortmunder Lager. So that was the. Uh, and now... We're
1: gonna we're gonna have to have a party with a uh, Dortmunder beer and watch a game and. That'd be. I hope.
0: I hope we eventually get to just go. Go Yeah, let's all
1: just. We'll all just fly to Germany, go to a game. Be fantastic.
0: That sounds great. I I think because we are lifelong. I mean, as lifelong (laughs) Borussia Dortmund (laughs) fans, it feels like it feels like. Also, Jeff, I'm I'm watching the levels right now, and good luck with my track on this. It is blowing people's ears out, (laughs) but. Anyways, but yeah, lifelong Borussia Dortmund fans. It's kind of our duty to go to a game. You know, it's like, I'm just going
1: to, I'm just going to tell Sarah that all those miles we've been saving, I'm going to go ahead and use to go to Germany without her. Without and her. watch a soccer with match.
0: Craig with <laughs> Craig and Brian and Michael <laughs> Oh you wanted
1: to use those miles Insane. to go on vacation to Hawaii I'm sorry I already booked a flight to go to Germany with
0: Craig We're going to Germany in the winter <laughs> We're going to Germany in the winter
1: <laughs> I'm sorry I hmm, I didn't know like all that all those miles we've been saving with that credit card Yeah I I, I didn't think you'd miss them
0: We want to be part of the yellow wall. That's right. It's our lifelong dream. It is now. Jaden Sancho.
1: I want. I want some of that for sure, dude.
0: Jaden Sancho, my new favorite player, who I I, we saw play in person. We did, and didn't even last summer. Didn't even know (laughs) we did. We saw. We saw our lifelong favorite team last summer, last July. That's, and that's rooted, a special We rooted bonus. against them. We yeah, rooted like, against them.
1: I don't know about you, but I was, when we were at that game. So, okay. So the way we ended up going to that game was you, oh. like, hit me up and we're like, dude, I got super cheap tickets to go to the the friendly against Dortmund. And I'm like, who? And you're like, I don't know, some team in Germany. And I'm like, cool, let's go. Oh. you know. And we actually recorded a podcast before that at Flat Sick pub. At
0: Flat Sick we did. Right?
1: That was our I mean we had only been doing podcasts for not like what, a couple of months at that point, right? Yeah. I think. And so well, about um, 5
0: months. Yeah. Okay.
1: And so and that was at the so that was Dortmund's preseason of the current season and it feels like years ago. <laughs> like,
0: it does. like it
1: feels like forever ago. And so uh but I do remember that when um I, I do remember when we were at the game, I did recognize some of the German national team guys. So, like, Royce Michael and Gutze. Yeah, Royce and Gutze and, and, yeah. and those guys. So, I, I mean, I did. Hummels. Mats Hummels. Yeah, I did recognize those guys' names. I was like, oh, I've heard of those guys, you know? So. I don't um, think
0: Royce. Did he play? Did he play? I
1: can't play? remember. I, I do know that Gutze played. I remember that.
0: Yeah. And I do and remember. Sancho that Hummel's, came in sure late and made our Sanders boys look terrible. I'm
1: sure he did because he's a ridiculous athlete.
0: Gosh, I'm he's telling my you guys, favorite player for two months until I, he goes and plays for Manchester I, United.
1: I think he probably sticks for another year, or at least one more window.
0: Did you so. see? Well. um... So his, like, transfer evaluation, whatever. If you're still listening to this, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I know. We're just going to
1: keep we're, talking. We're an hour and a half deep <laughs> into this. If you're <laughs> like, still listening and you don't Kevin want soccer talk, talk, just turn it off. Just turn like, it seriously, off. Seriously, it's, okay. it's,
0: it's fine. Go Cougs. It's fine. It's, fine. it's, fine. it's done. Whatever. Yeah, go like, Cougs. Craig and I whatever. are talking soccer. Yeah, or
1: so. whatever. <laughs> so, this, again, but, like we have told you, this is for us, not for you. So
0: yeah, well, Especially. Especially in these times. Yes. In these difficult now. times. Now, more than ever.
1: Now, more than ever, we need King Bruce A. Dortmund talk. We need Bruce
0: A. Dortmund. But I saw his uh, his transfer valuation is like supposed to be like, like 120 mil. I know. But, I don't know what but, they
1: paid for him, but probably less than half of that.
0: No, they paid nothing for him. They got him on a free? Yeah, they got him on a free no. transfer. You're kidding. Yeah, because it was, Holy it was shit. When he was super young.
1: Yeah, and I know he was. Oh with no, Manchester. maybe I'm thinking
0: Gio Reyna. Actually, I don't, I don't know. He
1: was with sure. Manchester City. So hold on, let's look this up.
0: Maybe it wasn't a free, but it was it was cheap. It was because uh, it was when he was pretty young. Okay, hold on. Do the transfer market. I'm, I'm looking
1: here. Hold on. Yeah. Do 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 do. This
0: is good podcasting.
1: Yes. Well, it looks like Manchester United is coming after Sancho. Yeah, I mean, part of the problem is with Sancho. Okay, so part of the problem no, with Sancho was, from, no, dude, it
0: was the eight point six, eight point six two million.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh my god, eight point six two million. Basically
0: nothing, because well, I did Lord. see I did see an article uh, the last couple of days that said that uh, Dortmund, given the current state, might. Might do lower than market value for him, but uh, but they're gonna Dortmund's gonna come clean with a cool hundred mil. Um. I mean, it looks
1: like City wants him back. United also want them. It like the issue is that he's he's British. He's an,
0: yeah, he's he's an English kid. So yeah, so that's that's,
1: that's that's the main issue. I think is probably you know like Bundesliga. I'm I'm certainly no uh, Bundesliga expert. So take that for whatever it's worth, but. Um, it seems like you know the Bundesliga can hang on to German guys. Um, yeah. You know they seem to be okay with a lot of American guys because you know it, it, Americans don't necessarily have the the ties to the to the Premier League. But you know other nationalities seem to want to get to the Premier League because that's where all the money is. And so, um, and especially with Sancho being a being a, a, a British uh, a, a young British man, uh, his, his goal is probably to get back to the premier league. So, which, you know, totally understandable. I'm sure with Holland, it's also the same deal. I mean, I know he's Norwegian, but, um, I presume that his eventual goal is, is to get to the premier league as well. So, but you know, I mean, look, Dortmund's going to make a mint on those two guys. Uh, so, you know, you hope you, maybe you can turn that and flip that into something else and
0: um, you By know, some veteran players, yeah, and maybe. become a become
1: yeah. a European power. You know, I mean, they're still, you know, ch- they're going to be in the Champions League again after this season. Oh, for uh, sure. Even even if they don't, you know, if they don't catch, uh, if they don't catch Bayern, which they have a chance to do because Tuesday, Tuesday they've got big matchup with Bayern in a in an empty, yeah, st- they <laughs> in an empty they stadium. They should.
0: They should beat Wolfsburg, and then they should. They should. They'll probably be four back of. Uh, of Byron should be. Yeah.
1: And even if even if they even if they beat Byron on Tuesday, they still might not catch him <laughs> just cuz Byron might not lose again, but you know, you never know. This is all very weird. So.
0: And this is our favorite team of all time. So, Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm in this till till I die. So. Yeah. And by the um, way,
1: for for if anybody is listening to this and thinking like, you know, maybe I'll do this, Amazon Prime has a series on Brucia Dortmund from a couple of years ago or a year ago, year and a half ago, something like that. And uh it's four episodes. You can learn all about your favorite team of all time in four episodes. And it's in German.
0: So, so uh uh Holland, speaking of him, um he was not that cheap of a transfer. Mm-mm. Uh twenty two million from Salzburg.
1: No, they had to they had to bid out bid some people, but twenty two million is still
0: Well yeah Transfer compared to compared to the 100 plus his,
1: million they're going to get for him eventually. Yeah, oh yeah. Like they're pretty next pretty wild. year for
0: him for definitely. <laughs> no 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 sooner than next year.
1: I mean it's already people are already saying like oh my gosh, how did, you know, all these other bigger clubs miss out on this guy. So but you know I mean transferring from, you know, a smaller club to a bigger club is is, you know, it's never a slam dunk. I mean Polisik went from Dortmund. So Christian Polisic, people may if you're just sort of a casual uh soccer fan, you may recognize his name as a US men's national team player. He was at Dortmund and then um transferred to Chelsea during uh during last off season. Yep. Yeah. And it's been a mixed bag for him. You know, it hasn't necessarily been a a smooth uh smooth transfer. He's he's gotten kind of limited opportunities and you know, he's had a little bit of injury issues, and so it's not always a slam dunk for guys to to you know transfer out and transfer up. But but there is the big pay. You do get one you know big payday, so that's always nice.
0: Or Sancho yeah. and Holland, just stay with stay you know, with just Norman. stay there. Absolutely. Let's let's, let's win. Let's Bundesliga. go win a Champions League. Let's win Bundesliga. Let's win Champions League. Let's yeah. Do all of it. Bring glory it. to this. uh, town that you're not from at all and (laughs) you're like not even in a country that you're from bring glory to it
1: absolutely i mean really just hang on for a couple of years just a couple of years the premier league will they're 19 the premier league will will be there in two years it'll still be there that's what i'm saying
0: Jaden sancho though
1: Jaden sancho is a cheat code though
0: yeah, like that's is, no like, joke. Literally in FIFA, I know you haven't played with Dortmund that much yet because he's been. Oh, that starts Sounders tomorrow. Season, that starts tomorrow. He literally is a cheat code in FIFA, and and uh, Holland on the on the ball is incredible. Yeah, and of course, Royce is incredible too. Yeah. Like it's just you're you're gonna like you're gonna go from playing with the Sounders and then playing with Dortmund. And be like, I mean, oh my I don't. God, I, is, I got toys.
1: I'm trying to remember but I think Sancho has something like 15 goals and 15 assists. Like there was a yeah. stretch there where he was involved in seemingly like every single goal that, that Dortmund yeah, was watched, scoring. Uh,
0: I watched his uh his, the highlights of all his uh last last season's goals and assists and this season's goals and assists uh today. Yep. Very impressive. Yep. Very impressive stuff. Yep. He's um, all right. Super well, good. Well, uh, now that y'all got your, uh, now that you're all Borussia Dortmund fans, hell yeah! Be sure to subscribe to Dortmund Talk.
1: Man, the highlight of my week is going to be Saturday morning when we all get on Zoom and watch that match.
0: Oh hell yeah, dude! That dude, I've been looking forward to that. Like every day, I'm like, "What day? Oh, it's Tuesday. It's went like, I can't wait to get up at six o'clock in the morning." And, uh, well, last week I, I couldn't start with a beer immediately. I went with a Irish coffee and then, uh, well, uh, not a full Irish coffee. I didn't have the whiskey in it, just the Irish cream. Yeah. And, and then, uh, and then at halftime I went with a lager. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm hoping maybe, uh, uh, to find some Dortmunder lager, but I, I've been looking, I can't find many. maybe I'll just get any, some generic German lager and, and call it good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Jeff, I look forward to that on Saturday morning with our boys on That's Zoom, right. using my company's Zoom account so we can chat for as long as we want. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, my company encourages that. They said feel free to use it to stay connected with your family and friends. So That's pretty great. Um, I don't feel any guilt in doing it. Um, I can tell you but, that
1: my school district definitely did not encourage me to use my zoom account for those purposes (laughs) uh that doesn't you know that's not surprising for my district yeah yeah so
0: but yeah so um yeah if you're still listening you very clearly are subscribed you're probably subscribed or you're just like i don't know you have some amazing like uh uh like, search functionality that you created yourself and you're a huge Borussia Dortmund fan and you, like, yeah. found us some way, like, just by the the audio. Like, you have an audio search functionality that you're ready to sell to, like, you know, some big company. But um, otherwise, if you're still listening now, you're definitely subscribed. Um, but if for some reason you're not, you should subscribe and, and you should give us five stars. Um, if you listen through this last 20 minutes and then got mad and don't want to give us five stars. That's your own fault. We told you to leave. Like, <laughs> we told you
1: it's, you could stop. It's
0: just, we told you to stop. So don't just, just don't worry about it. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, whatever, man, uh, I don't feel like plugging anything else. Um, nah. But I, I will say uh, go Dortmund and go Cougs.
1: Go Cougs. <laughs>